welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Good morning, Business Garage. Morning. Good morning. You're very welcome again uh, to this session of Business Garage, a space where uh, business people share their stories, but most of all, how they do business with kingdom principles. Uh, we've had an interesting month where we're talking about small scale, small scale industries, business, small business who are trying to do their best to produce and add value to different products for our market here. But before we begin, I just want you to share the link. Uh, if you're in bed, if you're in the room, if you're at different locations, kindly get out your phone and share this link to your friends, to family, and everyone else that you know in your phone book. So, we've had an interesting month, and we are still sharing lots of stories. Uh, business people are doing small-scale uh, manufacturing, so to say. But this morning, this morning, I want to introduce to you uh, a lady, a very powerful lady, who you're going to get to know better. Mrs. Mabel Magazine, hey. just celebrate her. You're very welcome, thank Mabel. You, thank you. So Mabel is here from Sapphire uh, Dairy Alt Alternatives. And you're going to hear the story. You're going to hear what happens in her business. But before we get to the business, uh, Mabel, I want you to share your story. Tell us who you are, who is Mabel Magazine. How, when did, I won't ask your age, but what, what's your life? How has your life been? Tell us about you, your history. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Uh, before I introduce myself, I just want to say thank you to the Business Garage team for this platform. Yeah? I mean, it's a platform I've been following for the last two years ardently, and uh, I, I know the value that it brings. So I'm very honored to be the one sitting on this you know, platform today and sharing my story. I also want to say thank you to Apostle Mose, who said yes to God allowed God to use him to implement the vision that he put on his heart, without which this platform wouldn't be here. So now, back to myself. Uh, my name, or full names are Mabel Serikari Magezi. I'm married to a very good man who's in the audience today. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we've been married for almost eight years now. Um, I was born a while back, during the Idi Amin days. I won't say the exact time, but those who were born that time can guess. Yeah? Uh, so I've been around for some time and uh, mainly grew up in the city. I started my primary school in Kitante Primary. Yes, they are my OBs and OGs. several OBs in yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then went on to do my secondary school at Makere College for six years. Uh, other OBs, we are here, yeah? Uh, then I went on to Makere where I did a Bachelor of Agriculture and then my Master's in Agriculture Economics. After which, I started working as an Agriculture Officer in Kisoro District Local Government. I learned how to ride a motorbike while I was there and traversed the whole district doing extension work. Um, I then joined Talo oil as a, an environment health and safety 
specialist and I grew in the ranks up to middle management level and then left there in 2015. After that, I joined a USAID project where I worked for a year and currently I'm working with Uganda National Roads Authority as an environment specialist providing technical support to a World Bank project, one of the road infrastructure projects in the Albertine region. Now, CV is mega. Yeah? You're scaring some of us, but we shall not be scared. Go on. Yeah, um, I grew up in a family, a simple family of six siblings. I have two brothers and four sisters. Yeah? They are all alive, thanks be to God, and uh, supporting as we go along. Um, I grew up seeing my mother doing a lot of business. Yeah? Business side hustles to take care of us. She was a career woman, but... She also had side business. She used to make sweaters for schools. She also had a, what they call a business bureau now, but then it was called a secretarial bureau. So growing up, we, we used to participate in these activities. So for me and my siblings, actually business kind of came, you know, naturally, yes. And we also saw our grandfather, who was a trader. He used to do a lot of produce marketing. He would go to Congo, buy produce, bring it back, and sell it when the market is down or when the demand is high or the season is out. Yes. Oh, interesting. So you've grown up in, in, in an environment of people doing business. But has it been, has business, uh, like, like when you, you, I mean, you, clearly you've been a career woman for several years. Has it ever come to you that you'll actually leave career, because you're still working, but do you think you'll get the time where you live and actually run business alone? Uh, that's an interesting question. Yes, at one point I actually thought that I would leave work and... Uh, and start doing business full-time. I attempted, started a restaurant. Tell us yeah? the stories. I know you have many stories. <laughs> yeah, I, I started a restaurant. I borrowed money from the bank. I convinced my own, one of my sisters, who was also a business person, to come and partner with me. We started buying equipment. We did some business planning. You know, paid the rent, did up the place. And then we started. But remember... She was not around and I was working. I had a full-time job. So I was not present. And at that time, my desire was to leave employment. That was the only vision I had for that business. Leave employment and make some money. So yes, the business started. We were working. We had a few customers. But because of the lack of presence and a vision, after eight months, it closed. Yeah, it closed. I also attempted to go into farming. I bought land in Luero in about 2009, 10, uh, started doing some farming. I, the first time I planted cassava, about two acres of cassava, and I was like, yes, I'd been encouraged. Cassava, you can process it into starch, people are buying it. So I said, okay, let me try this thing. So I grew the cassava, and then time came to harvest. I started looking for market, and I got two gentlemen who came to the farm, and they wanted to give me 100,000 shillings for... The two acres. <laughs> of course, I was disappointed. Yeah? I said, now, I, I first of all bought this land as virgin land, so I had put in a lot of money to clear, clear it. it. Uh. Yeah? I wasn't even going to make back the profit, but at least make what I had put in in planting. And then also the inputs, the supervision, name it. So, without losing too much discouragement, I had a, a gentleman who used to help me bring material to the site, to the farm. I had made friends with him. He owned a truck. So when I told him my problem, my challenge, he said, you know, I have a, a, a nephew who works in the Gayaza market. He's a broker. He helps people sell their produce. So I can introduce him to you and then 
he will see how, how you know how to help you sell this cassava. So I got in touch with him. He told me, okay, organize with my uncle and deliver the trucks. Doesn't matter how many you have, just let me know that day you're coming and we'll do this. So the day came, we packed the cassava into the trucks. We had two trucks, two forward trucks, and drove to, I sat in one of them and we drove to the market in Gayaza. When we got to the market, we paid our fees to enter the market. The gentleman told me, now you're going to collect your money. My role is to sort for you because they buy them in different categories. So he stood on the truck, started sorting into the different sizes, full, broken, half. As he was selling, I was counting my money and putting here. Eh? <laughs> At the end of the day, I actually made some good money. I was able to pay the truck drivers, the people who had harvested, and also went home with a little excess money. I never continued that business. I was discouraged by farming, yeah, just by that one incident, and I walked away as well. But all this while, as I was doing these businesses, I was actually still employed, fully employed, wherever I was at that time. Yes. People respect farmers. Respect farmers. But I know you haven't told us all the stories, maybe open. There's sugar, bed sheets. <laughs> uh, Tell us. All right, yeah. My, my business stories are so many. Uh, like Pastor Chris says, I, I actually started doing business as a young girl in high school. I, I, there's a friend of mine. We... We, we, we were wise. We were like, okay, our pocket money is finished. Let's, let's sell the like, excess, you know, grab that we have so that we can have some money in our pocket. So we started by selling sugar and a little bread. Then um, this friend of mine, she used to have siblings that live abroad and they would send things and many of them should have no use for them. So I told her, you know, we have teachers in the school. We can actually befriend them and they'll buy these things, socks, whatever they need for their children. So we approached one teacher, a chemistry teacher, and he was able to purchase the socks and shoes and some other, you know, personal items for his family. Shout out to you, Mr. Kaziro. After that, when he saw our initiative, he actually gave us a job to wash the, the tools in the chemistry lab. So every Saturday, we used to make extra money. Wow. Yeah? Wow. Hey, if you didn't make money in school, celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward later on in high school, I started actually being actively participating in my mom's businesses. Like I said earlier, she used to make sweaters in schools. She used to make sweaters for schools. And sometimes she had big orders, you know. She had about three schools and she'd have big orders. So she'd employ people, but when you're on holiday, you'd go and participate. We used to use a manual machine, you know. You use your hand and just swing. The faster you are, the more money you, make, you made. Because she used to pay per sweater, 2,000 shillings per sweater, I remember. Now I'm gifted with speed. So whenever I'd go to work for her, sometimes... I would make up to 10 sweaters a day and I'd walk away with 20,000 shillings. So some of those stories actually started helping me be inspired to, to get involved in business as I go along. And later on, even when I started working, you'd find that my boot always had something I was selling. In the workspace, they used to say, if you want anything, go to Mebo. I had Irish potatoes, sometimes bed sheets. Yeah? If someone needed to sell something, clothes, when I would travel, I would bring, you know, uh, clothes for sale and sell to my workmates. They'd actually get finished just in the offices. Yeah? Yes. Wow, guys. If you've not done three, four businesses, clap for Mebo. Huh? Mebo, thank, thank you. you so much. I, I see resilience. I see that you see gaps and you want to, to punch those, to, to close those holes. But there's something you talked about, uh, which I think as we lead into your story, you talked about you didn't, lack, you didn't have vision. You start things, you let go. You start things and let go. So now tell us where you are. Tell us about your business as Sapphire Dairy Alternatives. 
what problems you solve and also how did you start? Thank you, what Pastor inspired Chris. you to start? All right. Um, thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, Sapphire, Dairy Alternatives, as the name is, started about one year and eight months ago during the first lockdown of 2020. Mm-hmm. It didn't start immediately at that date because uh, after, uh, maybe about five years before that, I discovered that I, ha- I was lactose intolerant. I couldn't take conventional animal dairy products. And I started to miss milk because I used to love cheese. I used to use it to cook. But anything I ate that contained milk would get me uncomfortable. I would have a lot of gas. I couldn't sit in people. So I started investigating what I can do to replace that, you know, that desire or preference to using milk products. And then I went on YouTube and started reading and finding out that actually you can make milk from any type of seed or nut. Flax seed, sesame, beans, groundnuts, um, uh, uh, pumpkin seeds, um, sunflower seeds, cashew nuts, name it. Whatever is called a seed or nut, you can actually do it. So I started playing around. I'm also gifted to be a good cook, a self-taught cook, because I used to spend a lot of time watching uh, food channels on TV. I, I watched some of the best chefs for years, Mike Simon, the guys of MasterChef, Jamie Oliver. So I started picking up on these skills. Yeah? Actually, I was following without knowing that I was actually following. Many times I would be invited by people, come and help us cook, and I, I create things that people don't understand because of... I've watched them on TV. So likewise, I started to make this product at home for myself and, and trying out to see whether it works. The first time it was really nasty. Like, I was like, okay, this thing maybe doesn't work. But I did not stop. I continued until I found something that works for me. So I continued to make it on and off, on and off for myself. So years later, now come 2020, lockdown, we have a little bit of time. I'm at home and I start tinkering again. But this time I had an audience my friends in the neighborhood, when they would pass by, I would say, test this thing, and they're like, hey, what is this? I'm like, this is milk from, from Sinsim. No way, you're joking. This is milk from cashew nuts. They were like, no, it can't be. He, and one of them told me, you know, I can actually buy this product. It tastes really nice, but I'm willing to be your first customer. I said, ah, I'm not going in that direction. You know, at work, I'm very busy. I cannot get into business right now, maybe next year. She was like, no, Mabel, I know you. I know you have a dream to get back into business. I'm going to put you on social media. So I thought she was joking. That night, she actually went and put the product on social media. I said, I took some pictures and put the product on social media, and we got so much feedback plus one client. <laughs> so the client called me immediately and said, can you come in for a discussion? I went in. They said, we want your product tomorrow. Wow. I said, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing yet. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to give you two weeks. Go and figure it out. Don't mind about the packaging. We'll buy bulk and we'll repackage it for you. Wow. So I was excited. I said, hey, money. I went back. I told her what had happened. At that point, we didn't have any company. I had some other companies I had registered, but they don't fit the profile of what this business was or is. So I just told her, you know what? We need to brand at least. Let's, let's put some flyers and something. I said, I can actually do it for you. So she made me you know, flyers. She made the menu. Good enough, I had experience in a restaurant before, so I knew how to do food costing. I went back to a book I had read, Restaurant Owners for Dummies, written by some big people in, in the restaurant and food business in America. I went back to that chapter, sat down, started writing down all my costs, and then came up with a price list, which I then sent to the owner of that, of that company that wanted to buy the product. 
and a week later, we were supplying three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Wow, wow. wow. Yeah? Now, uh, what do we make? You must be wondering, because I've told you how we started and <laughs> name it. Yeah? What do we make? We, we, we make, like I said, plant-based milk at the moment, and we are mainly using three raw materials, main raw materials. We use uh, soybeans, which are locally grown. We also use cashew nuts, which are also partially locally grown, depending on the season, you'll find them or not. We get them from Tanzania. And then we use almonds. We make the plain version. This is an example of what the plain looks like with a blue label. We also make some flavors. This is a chocolate version with a, with a brown label. And then we make also vanilla with a cream label label in all the three uh, seeds and nuts that we use. Uh, we package our products in glass and plastic. Plastic is more favorable for the local market, but we have a lot of international customers, Germany, the US, who live here in Uganda, and they prefer this because of the green movement. They believe that by using glass, they are saving the environment, they're saving a tree, they're saving something. So. We, and this we run under a recycling program. You buy the bottle and then you can return it and we'll just exchange for you the way it works for sodas, yeah, the beverage industry. Wow, guys. I like the packaging. But now, I don't know if I need your product. How do I know that I'm lactose intolerant, for example? Because <laughs> uh, one day I, uh, someone told me, you take a lot of yogurt. But the more yogurt I took, Suffering. All right. How do you know you're lactose intolerant? Just watch what happens to you when you take the conventional milk. Yeah? Watch what happens. If you take it and you come and sit in people and you're uncomfortable, that's a sign. Like every morning when you have breakfast and have milk, if you take the conventional dairy milk, and you come and sit here and you start, you know, playing games with your body on the chair. <laughs> That's a sign that you might be lactose intolerant. And I would advise you actually to seek medical attention to confirm that fact. Yeah. But also, this product is also not only for people who are lactose intolerant. You find the vegan movement, which is now coming here to Uganda. There are about three restaurants now in Kampala, which just take care of vegans. You don't find meat there. Yeah. There are also vegetarians, people who, reduce, who, don't, who don't take certain types of animal products. Then there's also called what they call the flexitarians, which I am. They're continuously reducing the amount of meat and dairy they take for one reason or another. And then health and wellness enthusiasts, people who just want to live a better lifestyle or are not taking milk anymore because they want to be healthy. First of all, I will encourage you guys out there, please ask questions. Mebo is ready to answer all your questions uh, about the product, about her business. Now, Mebo, tell us, uh, where is the factory? Because you might think you have a huge plant with the generator and you have all these stores with lots of raw, product, raw materials. Where, do, where, where are you producing this product from? Um, uh, we're located in Bunga, in my backyard. Yeah, it's a small garage, sort of garage facility. Yeah. Yes, real cottage industry with a small tabletop. I think you saw it on the on the screen, a small tabletop piece of equipment which can actually produce a thousand liters a day. Yeah. It was imported during the lockdown. I mean, some of you may be wondering how someone was able to start a business that requires equipment during lockdown. 
most of the equipment were imported from China uh, through online, online suppliers. And they came and were able to clear them and pay the taxes and start. And they are very affordable for small businesses or startups. So you can import your product, even for small scale. Sometimes you think, if I'm going to do small scale, I need to go to, to what's this place? Katwe. Katwe. And we fabricate something. But because you're in such an industry, you have to use stainless steel and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And you see most of us are living spaces. Either we have land, or we have raw materials we can turn, we can add value to, and create an amazing product like this. And the market's available. So just to encourage you, just find something and just start. So that's about the people you employ, the systems in place. You mentioned to me that one of the things that has really, really helped you move is people and then the systems. Tell us about those two. How many people do you employ, first of all? You told me you're busy working. But people are working as well when you're not around. You have, because you have a full-time job. How is that happening? All right. Uh, thank you. At the moment, we employ three full-time staff. Two of them are actually in the audience. Yay. Thank you, Nicholas and Eric, for what you do. If you don't employ three people, clap mm -hmm. your hands. And then, Serious. Uh, <laughs> then we also have uh, part-timers. Bring on two part-timers on and off who support us in sales and marketing. And then we also have delivery people who do the deliveries. We have a company that we work with that does the deliveries for us. Um, sorry, just remind me about the people. other question. Uh, right. People and, or and the systems. systems yes. you mentioned um, like I told you earlier, I have a job, a full-time job. And uh, if I want the things to be done the way I want to be done, I've got to make sure that the people that we work with, the team that I work with, understands what I want. So, given my background as a health and safety and environmental person, one of the things that we work with are systems. That's one of my strengths. I decided from the get-go that we're going to document all our processes. And the two gentlemen will attest to that. So, we have a file that clearly denotes our recipes and what measurements we must make, how long we cool the product, how we clean our bottles, how, we, how long we clean them for and soak them, whatever process that we do in the business is documented. The cleaning checklist, because food hygiene is very important, you have to clean all the time, everything at all times. So just making sure that we miss nothing, whatever we need to clean is written down and gives a chance for someone to look through and say, okay, I have done this, I've not done this, we are lacking this. And then also making sure that you have clean water, whatever process that we do in the business is documented. And then training the staff to be able to do this. So once every week, as much as I can, we meet and we discuss some of these processes. We discuss some of these processes and where then there's need for improvement, the staff actually are the ones who update. They tell me, this, this thing changed, this is how we are doing it now, it's better. And then they pass it on to me, I'm able to print and return it and then we go through it again. Yeah? We also do mocks where I come back and ask them, Okay, so we're supposed to do this this way. How have you been doing it? So they can run me through the process and I'm able to gauge that they understand exactly what we want. And that's one of the ways we've been able to maintain the consistency of our product. If you take it today, tomorrow, next week, the other day, you'll get the same creamy taste. Actually, you'll think you're drinking milk. Yeah? Pastor Chris, I encourage you to test. They bring it. I have to yeah? test. I have huh? to test. Yeah. 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 And sometimes people think systems are for big organizations. No. Backyard, but you have written down documents, uh, written down processes which people follow. And, 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 and so I, I, I can be sure that if my milk is cream, I'll find it cream, cream tomorrow. Next time, yes. Great. Yes. So how market, tell us, you mentioned earlier that some of your 
your products are international products consumed by uh, expatriates here and then also we have the local products. Yeah. How has that been going and what, what do you see the future as as far as your market is concerned? Yeah. Because now you have three, you have three, uh, three variations. How is that going with the market? What's most consumed? Mm -hmm. How do you get them anywhere? How do you take your product out to the market? Mm -hmm. ETC. All right. Um, I'll start from here. I, I want to talk about the future a little bit, and I'll start from here. Um, I've been reading a little, and, I, and it, it has, it's been documented that lots of minorities are actually lactose intolerant. In America, they are saying up to 65% of the population is, and they don't know. That probably 65%. applies. Yes, 65%. Chances are high that it's global. It's global, yes. And there's another article I read from the UK, which was saying that you find that 25% of people walking into supermarkets and cafes and restaurants are now ordering for plant-based dairy alternatives. It has taken over that fast. It's actually now giving the conventional dairy a headache in terms of competition. It's taking away a little bit of their market. Yeah? I, I was reading and, and I noticed that alone, in the US alone, the value of, of these, these types of products is now at 11.9 billion US dollars. And they're growing in double digits. So the future is very bright. In Uganda, bring it back to Uganda now, um, it's an emerging trend. And I've already mentioned that there are already three vegan restaurants in Kampala. Those are a market, a potential market. They're also, if you go into our supermarkets, you'll now find these, these versions of the boxed products with preservatives and stabilizers, those that last long, they, what they call long-lasting dairy alternatives in the market. Almost every supermarket, you'll find a shelf now full of these products. That's also a sign that it's coming here. It's just a matter of time and the market will expand. What are we doing at Sapphire to ensure that we, we, we continue to maintain our market share and actually grow it? Just going out there and educating people. You've asked me about our social media, sorry, our marketing strategy and what we are doing. We have, we have to maintain our social media presence. Just keep sending messages out there, even when we are not selling as much from social media. Because right now, most of our clients come through referrals. Referrals. Yeah, we get more people through referrals and also we sometimes go to these farmers markets where people who like this kind of lifestyle are more likely to come, mainly as a marketing technique, not to sell and just to educate people that this product is there. So when we are selling, we're not only going to say, come and buy our product. It's, did you know that in Uganda we're actually making a fresh nut milk? And they're like, oh, okay, wow, I didn't know that there's this in Uganda. I'd like to test, and then the person ends up becoming a client. Yes. You have to be present, present yes. in some of these spaces yes. where your clients are. Yes. For me, I even got confused. I thought milk was strictly, I don't know, strictly from cows. <laughs> Am I right or not? Because that's part of my education <laughs> right now. When you say milk and then nuts, it doesn't make sense. Well, remember that nuts, if you compare conventional dairy and, 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 and nuts, you actually realize that there are many similarities. Yeah? some of which even are better in the nut version. For example, nuts do have proteins. Yes, they are much less than conventional dairy, but they are there. Nuts do have the minerals that we are looking at, like the calcium. Yes, they are less, but they are there. And remember, you're not only taking nut milk, you eat other things, so you can supplement to top up. Yeah? Nuts also have the good fats, the ones that Dr. Kassenen is always talking about. Yeah? Which Dr. Kassenen, your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so 
Yes, and they have the good fats, which conventional dairy doesn't have. Yeah? So, yes, I believe that this product has a, pot a lot of potential on the market. So just to emphasize, we mainly get our customers from social media. Uh, we also get a lot of referrals. One person buys and tells their friend about it, and tells their the next person tells their friend, and tells their friend. We also go to the markets, like I mentioned, the farmers markets. At every week, we are at two farmers markets in Kampala, and then once a month, we are at a farmers market in Entebbe. And they are not doing too badly. We, we consistently get new people, and uh, we believe that by being present, consistently giving time for people to adopt, because this is a new trend, the market will continue to rise. Yes. The children can take this milk. Yes, children. Yeah six months and above, as long as they're digesting food, are able to take this milk. Okay. Yes. So people are looking for healthy alternatives. That's true. Now, uh, you've told us the nice things. We want to talk about some of the hard things, because sometimes you think because your business is small and growing, uh, everything is smooth. Tell us some of the challenges you faced from opening. Meanwhile, you haven't told us where your husband is in all this, but you'll throw that in. So tell us, what are some of the challenges you faced uh, through this journey up to date? Uh, one of the challenges, or the first challenge was uh, um, finding the raw materials at the same price every time you buy them. Consistently. Consistently. Because uh, except for soybeans, cashew nuts and almonds are... Uh, imported cashews from Tanzania sometimes if you can't get them on locally when the season is out and almonds generally imported people don't grow them here so if the dollar has gone up the price goes up yeah if the truck drivers are stuck at the border the price will go up yeah because the demand is still there and the people who sell locally still have the same stock so that's one of the challenges of price fluctuations but uh, recently attending one of the business leaders network uh, sessions in the morning. I think a, a director Grace shouts out to you because I, I listen a lot. Uh, Taught about the five financials that a business person must know, and one of them was ensuring that you, you your profitability margin is good. So I went back using now his approach and redid the costing to see actually when these price fluctuations happen, what is happening to me or what has happened to the business. And I was able to see that for two of the raw materials that I'm using we are okay. But then one of them, the margin is really low. So now beginning to think, okay, what can we do to ensure that we're not just producing for the sake, we're not doing charity, yeah, in this business. Yeah. So that's one of the problems, yes. uh, uh, access to raw materials, especially the, the actual nut. What else? Uh, how, the, the, your packaging, has it been Yes, uh, the other production? thing is that, yes, most of our packaging, actually, yes, most of our packaging is imported. We import it from China. Now, again, the same challenges happen, you know. If they play no planes because COVID lockdown, shipping prices go up. And then if shipping prices go up, taxes are going to go up because they'll charge you based on, you know, the CIF value, you know. They include the shipping costs as part of the, the taxable uh, cost of, of, of your packaging materials. And then also being able to save from quantities. Because it's a startup, you cannot bulk buy. Therefore, you end up having to pay more for... A, a packaging that you could have saved at least 10% off because you don't want to hold all your money in packaging. So what we've been doing as a business is trying to buy in small, you know, small bits, but also engaging other people who are in similar business that use this type of packaging to see if we can work together so we're able to buy 
you know, a large amount. That hasn't worked. There are people who have shown interest, and hopefully one day it will work for us. Like you're able to pull people together, would use glass, and then you go to the factory as one voice, and then therefore you're able to negotiate for a better price. Some questions from the audience. Joyce Nakalema is asking, where do you get your products? Where do we get your products from? Right. Thank you, Joyce. Um, you can uh, reach, us, reach, out, reach out to us online through our Instagram or Facebook handles, which is Sapphire Nut Milks. If you send to Instagram, the message will also come to Facebook because they're integrated. And then you can also call us. We have a special line, a business line, where you can send a message uh, on WhatsApp, and we shall respond to you and, and give you a little bit more information and confirm your order. Okay. Lots of people asking about where to find your products. Someone is asking about which supermarkets you're in, and I think we talked about that earlier. I was asking you about certification, because when you talk about supermarkets, first thing, is, first thing you talk about is certification. Uh, UNBS certifies products. Is this certifiable? What's the story behind this? Um, thank you, Pastor. Concerning Pastor. certification. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, this product is not certified or does not require certification. Why? Because it is a fresh product. Yeah? If I can compare it to the way you make juice, fresh juice, it's supposed to be drunk within a certain period of time. Okay. Yeah? And therefore, it's not shelf-stable and cannot be in the supermarkets as yet. If it has to go in the supermarkets, then you have to add preservatives and then go the certification way. However... You can still implement the systems, the same systems that lead to certification, so that you maintain the quality of your product. And then later on, if you decide to go that way, you already have what it takes to be certified. And as we expand, which is something we are planning to do, to go into new products, some of which will definitely end up on supermarkets, like uh, yogurt and ice cream, then we'll be ready to certify, because we shall have done the right thing while we are producing this fresh product. All right. Uh, someone is Michael Aboneka has, has asked two questions. One you've answered. Is the product only for lactose intolerant, intolerant people? No. Anyone can take it. Then the second question Michael is asking, borrowing for business that didn't go, borrowing from, borrowing from business that didn't go well, how do you recover from that? And is it a good way of doing business? Borrowing for business. That you, I, know, I'm wondering I wish I could get help from Director Bress. Of course, of course, the answer is no. Yeah? It's not wise to borrow for anything. Yeah? That's what we are being told and that's what I believe. It's not wise to borrow yeah? for anything. We are meant to be dominators, lenders, and not borrowers. Yeah? So this time, I redeemed myself. I did, this time, I decided to start with what we have. And that's why, you see, we started at cottage level. Yes. But we have a vision that one day, with the right partnerships, we'll be able to scale this business up yes. without necessarily going Good into a lot strategy. of borrowing and mm. that kind of thing. How did I recover? By the grace of God, I believe. I was employed, so I had a very good fallback position. I just fell back and continued working. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Another very interesting questions. Uh, how much do the different products cost? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we make three different types of products from soy, cashew, and almond. Now, the range of prices, because there are 12 products, I cannot give all the individual, but okay. it's between 10,000 shillings to 31,000 shillings per liter. Almond being on the higher side because it's imported, imported and products. soy being on the lower side because the raw material is found available locally. Okay. You can also get our price list on, on our Instagram page, Sapphire Nut Milks. 
Okay. Another question, do you put preservatives in the milk? I said, no, you talked about that. Sanyu Kaganz is asking, what, what's the book you shared about, again? what's the book you shared about costing? It's called Restaurant Owners, Managing and Running a Restaurant for Dummies. You can get it on Kindle the or in a restaurant. has not read that book. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he has seen that version. Uh, Grace Munira is asking, can one make cake with the same milk? Yes, you can bake with this product, you can cook with it, you can make pancakes, you can make smoothies, you can, you can make tea, yeah, uh, tea, African tea, yeah. Wow, what a product, guys, yeah. I celebrate this product. Thank Ronald Tuhiro is asking, how do you make time to be there for the job 100% when you're doing this business? Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have a team of three people who I am intentionally training to be leaders, yeah? Uh, and they can vouch for me, they're here, yeah? Empowering them, but first of all, by ensuring the systems, the processes are well written, yeah? So they have a fallback position even when I'm not there. Yes. Yeah? And I also make myself available to them at least once a week. Or before I step out, Wherever I'm going, I spend time with them in the morning and we just go through certain things, remind them of our values as a business, which they must look to, to ensure that we deliver the same service and product to customers. <laughs> Director Grace is asking, how can we invest? Uh, there are people out there who want to put money in your business. I, I love uh, that to question. reduce the borrowing issue. How do we invest? I love that question. And, uh, and right now, we're at a stage where we're actually trying to make the business attractive for investors. Director Grace, I'm willing to have that conversation with you. If you want to invest, please reach out to me on that same number. They'll, they'll give you my private line and we can actually talk, have a conversation. So who inspires you? Where do you who do you go to when you need to talk about business? Uh, the ego, the people, you, the people you hang out with that push you and make you a better person? Um, being part of Worship Harvest has, has changed my mind uh, uh, the way I say about, uh, the way I look at business. As you heard my story before, I was oscillating in and out of every business I did. I do for two years, I jump out. I do for another two years, I jump out. Then last year, I, I joined School of, of, of Leadership, Harvest Institute, and we started being taught about how to lead. In the past, I used to run away from leadership. All my bosses said I had potential, but I was like, I don't want to deal with people. We are complicated. Yeah? Wow. But now it came from another perspective. It came from a different perspective, and I think I was ready as a person. And my mind started changing about, you know, business. I started saying, you know, if I lead right, I can actually do a business and it stays. Now, for Sapphire, which I had started without any clear clarity because of the way business came, I started saying, now actually this business can go very far and I'm going to go very far. For me, one of the things that stood out for me in School of Practical Business is when we read the book, Good to Great, and uh, that section where they were talking about the Stockdale Paradox. It looks like just a thing where you believe and just believe and do nothing and be optimistic and hope. But otherwise, it's understanding that, yes, this business will work, but what do I need to take it to that next level? Or what don't I have? that I need to get from somewhere to take it to that next level. So for me, being in the space of the School of Leadership started opening up my mind. And now I've joined the School of Practical Business. It's another, another amazing space. Like, 
like I sit with the people and I, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, but it's amazing, like so much to learn every single day and even our facilitators, I'm sure, starting with Apostle Mose, just bringing in the perspective from how to run a business with integrity and from a big biblical perspective has opened up my mind that this thing can go far. This is a business that has been scaled elsewhere. With the right people and the right resources, it's possible to do it here in Uganda. Because we have several advantages. First of all, availability of raw materials, good weather. If you decide to start growing cashew nuts, which is increasingly becoming popular now in Uganda, that's an opportunity right there. Someone asked uh, Sarah Chinji Chama, would you consider macadamia nuts milk also? She's a macadamia nuts farmer. Okay. Yes, I would. Okay. And uh, kindly just share your number and I'll reach out to you. Okay, because yes, you won't share your contact later. Yes, Some people yeah, are still yeah. asking here. Uh, how does Mabel get her raw materials? Any connections to producer groups? That question is from JP Kadima. Lots of questions. How do you wow. get your raw materials? At the moment, uh, for the cashew and, uh, and almonds, I work with a wholesaler who's able to collect either in-country or from Tanzania. Remember that in order to buy, you need to bulk buy. And for a startup, you don't want to hold a lot of your money in raw materials. But also, a lot of, this, a lot of the, these nuts, when not stored well, they go bad. Mm. So if you don't have the right facilities, you're better buying for a period when you need them, maybe on a monthly basis or twice weekly, so that you do not have to go into the hassle of, yes, of post-harvest losses. So we mainly get our raw materials from wholesalers who either get them from farmers upcountry and for cashew nuts mainly, so roti, uh, almonds, and also cashew nuts, Tanzania, and then soybeans from the local market. Nakasero market has lots of those wholesalers. You just go and you find the product there. Okay. Uh, David Arunaito is asking, as we come to the end, David Arunaito is asking, please share how you came to the name of the product. I know there's a story there. Yeah. Uh, yes, there is a story. Uh, Eight years ago, before I got married, I actually wanted the sapphire for, as my uh, gem on my mm. ring. Yeah, I don't know why it just caught my eye. It's not a popular gem. Yeah, not very many people will will you find it's blue in color. That's why you see the, the our brand is blue in color. Yeah, it was just something that struck with me. But also, it's very beautiful and looks unblemished, and that's what we represent also as a product or a brand. Yeah. We send greetings to the husband. <laughs> Beloved Patience is asking, is it possible I just use my blender at home and maintain the same quality once in a while in case I'm not able to access your product? So I want to know if they can do this from their house. Do you have a recipe? Yes, you can. You can actually do it in your house. There's nothing that, that stops you. Like I said, I actually got most of my information on YouTube just a lot of research, reading and trying out different things and getting a taste that works. If you can drink it, your neighbor will be able to drink it. If you can't drink it, there's a problem. Yeah? That's what I use. Yeah? My, my senses, because of being involved in food a lot, are very active. My smell, my taste. So I'll try, and then also trying out with people, just sharing with people and saying, what do you think? If they say, no, no, this one is not good. I try again until I found the right, you know, uh, Recipe. Recipe. Great. So as we close, Mabel, just tell us the future. What do you see with the sapphire milk? What's your plan? Uh, I know you mentioned to me that there are some, you have some imported products on the market. 
and that means there is a strong uh, need locally. So what do you see for the product and for your business as well? Uh, I see us expanding into the major cities of this country because we already have customers in Jinja. Mm. When they come into the city, they will tell us in advance that they purchase the product. We, we preserve it for it a certain way, we freeze it and they're able to go with it. I see us um, having distribution centers, yeah? which some of which will be directly owned by a company, others not. Yeah? So I'm looking to learn from people who have a franchise model to see how we can bulk produce and then hand over to distributors to actually sell to a larger market. Um, I also see us employing a large number of people, both directly and indirectly. Yeah? A large number of young people. There are so many young people in the country who are leaving schools and institutions and they lack work. So just continue employing people, young people, to get this work done, training them, investing them, and getting them to do this work. Yes. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate Mabel. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Such a beautiful product. I like the packaging. I'm sure you do. I'm going to test it right now. But most of all, we've learned a lot. Uh, you have to stick with your vision. You have to find people, right people, train them, and you grow that business, even in your backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to do... We need to manufacture locally, and it starts small. We have to start small in our backyard, and it's possible. We've had all the stories here. It is not complicated. So just to encourage you, let us pick up that one thing and run with it, and we start. So thank you so much, Mebo, for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. And friends, as we come to a close, you know that all these things we are talking about are not possible without Christ. It is impossible. God has given us the grace to walk in the things that he has put on our hearts, and it's possible we can do it. So if you're out there and you've not given your life to Christ, you've not accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray with me. Just put up your hand wherever you are, whether you're in the room or at home. I want you to put up your hand and say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to know you as my Father, as my Lord and Savior. Today I want to lay my life out to you and I surrender it to you. Take it and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. Stay tuned in here for at 9 a.m. We're going to have the main service and also at 11.15 at the same, on, the, on the same channel. Thank you so much for, for joining us at Business Garage this Sunday morning. We'll be back again with more stories next Sunday. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.